KFRC 101.9 FM, and I am your host, Sadie McFadden. You are listening to Behind the Wall, a new show where we analyze music in relation to gender and race every Thursday from 5 until 5.30. Behind the Wall by Tracy Chapman is the show's namesake because similarly to her lyrics, there are always voices screaming for justice and the end of oppression behind the wall. Whether we are looking at the creation of music videos, the history of the artist, or a song's lyrics, I'm hoping that we can think about how these songs may have been feminist anthems for some gender identities and races, while more marginalized experiences um, are ignored. This week's episode called, in brackets, White Girls Just Want to Have Fun, is going to break down the music videos for Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun and Olivia Newton-John's Physical to try to better understand their power dynamics. Let's start off with Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Honestly, I really do love the song. I feel like I've been listening to it since I was such a little kid. So this song actually came out in 1983, which means we do have to understand that music videos are so new and that MTV was the dominant platform in North America to watch these music videos. MTV now is not like how it was in the 1980s, okay? It was the thing to watch um, for youth at that time. Rather than choose a music video that you want to watch any time of the day, which right now we can watch in a private or public space through apps like YouTube in 2021, the 1980s were very different because there was one channel, MTV, and you could watch only the music videos that were playing at the time. So pretty much this meant that MTV had a lot of power. The channel essentially chose whose music and whose music videos were going to make it big and who was going to fade into the background. We also have to remember that most middle class families only had one TV that the family watched together or like in the rare situation an older child would watch alone at night, you know, sneak downstairs because MTV's content was made for youth. But because there's only one TV that you could watch, you're either watching with your conservative parents, um, just due to the politics at the time, that was the most likely political view. They are sexually conservative, they are politically conservative, and they're judging everything that you're watching. And they probably thought that rock and roll was going to rot your mind. So you could either do that, or you could creep down the stairs in the middle of the night to watch MTV. For my fellow Gen Zers, I know some of you might realize that you're kind of old when I say that I was born in 2000, but um, for my Gen Zers, imagine going downstairs or waking up really early to watch Gossip Girl. That was my show that I sneak watched, um, or the family channel show that your parents deemed inappropriate. Anyways, um, back to Cindy Lauper. Okay, so now that I've given you some contact, context, let's imagine, like, and you kind of know what Girls Just Want to Have Fun is looking like and the time period. So we're thinking about that. Let's get into analyzing the song. 
The first thing we have to know about this song is that it actually wasn't even performed by Cyndi Lauper originally. It was performed by Robert Hazard in 1979, and the word fun was standing in for coerced bedroom shenanigans, and with a male artist singing that, that is obviously not a feminist tune, that is not something that can be acceptable and has a very negative um, connotation, especially because it really upholds the patriarchy. So when Lopper was first thinking about this song, she was kind of nervous about it. She grew up with um, some sexual assault stuff that she's come out about later on in life. And so obviously she really wanted this to be good for women by having a woman sing the song and through her music video she was actually able to change the meaning of the original song that uh, Robert Hazard created she actually even went as far as to add in her own verse that went against stereotyping of women's and you know in the 1980s women are stereotyped to be more caring and they're supposed to stay at home and they're supposed to let the men do the work. But instead, Lopper decided to write lyrics. Uh, the one part, I'm not going to try to sing it. I'm just going to say it. Some boys take a beautiful girl and hide her away from the rest of the world. I want to be the one that walks in the sun. Oh, girls, they just want to have fun. And just think about women and the way that they're being treated in the 1980s and just think how empowering that she says, no, I don't care what the boys are saying. They're going to try to take me and put me in the house. I'm not, I'm not dealing with that. That is not my vibe. I am going to go do what I want and be the woman that I want to be. And during the music video, she specifically uh, has a clip where there's an old, it's an old black and white looking film, and there's an ugly man, and he, and he's carrying a screaming woman into a house, and I think that, honestly, by using an outdated black and white film to convey the message through the music video, she actually is able to depict that notions of patriarchy, where women are controlled by men, are actually parallel to how outdated those ideals are. She's, she's able to say something more progressive. She's able to say like, hey, this is outdated. This is old. We shouldn't be using this mindset anymore. So, and even it comes in, even in the first, the very first part of the music video, she goes into the kitchen and her mother's cooking and her mother's rolling her eyes being like, yo, why aren't you helping me out in the kitchen? And Cindy Lauper's like, yeah, like I just don't care about cooking mom and then she goes up to her father and her father's all angry at her and you know pointing fingers because she's calling late at night right and she picks up the phone and decides that her father isn't going to control her she actually pins him against the wall which usually women aren't portrayed as having like physical strength so I really think that she is saying that through this music video is that girls just want to have the same experiences as any man can and she chooses lyrics and images images that not only give her agency because it was actually her choice to create the music video in this way 
but she also rejects the norm that women like belong in the house that they should be controlled so she's able to deconstruct gender roles through this music video in the 1980s which i think needs to be recognized a little bit more because yeah it's an anthem for girls and i think most people just are like woo like it's a fun song whatever but it's actually pretty meaningful um for a lot of people around the world however i'm not sure how meaningful it is for women of color mtv was dominated by white men absolutely dominated if you look at how many women how many people of color were part of mtv it is so little in comparison so you can see who was running MTV and what voices they were actually privileging. The MTV definitely privileged the voices of white women over women of color. Only 5% of people on the air of MTV were people of color. And we already know that that was probably like Michael Jackson and people like that, right? And then out of that, only 1%, 1% included women of color that is messed up in the 1980s that that is how little representation women of color are getting cindy lopper at least in her music video she does have some representation in the sense of she includes um people of all ethnic uh, backgrounds in the music video but she's still a white woman and maybe was trying to you know uplift marginalized voices as much as she wants to, she's still a white woman that is getting the airtime over a black person. And so, yes, she is telling women to have freedom and that a woman's work should not be valued less to the man and that you shouldn't give in to toxic masculinity and you should go against societal expectations. But at the same time it's really difficult to be able to claim to have an intersectional perspective when it's a white woman's experience that is being pushed. So I'm not saying that women of color didn't have agency and didn't have a voice, but I am saying that the larger system of music videos and MTV as a whole centered white voices white women's voices and experiences rather than racialized women. And when women of color don't see themselves represented in a video, I think it alludes to the systemic racism and sexism that they are forced to deal with and continue to f be forced to deal with even in 2021. And racialized women and their str associated struggles were forced to be background characters, background problems, like in Cindy Lauper's video, they were just background, while white women and their issues went on MTV, and they were able to rebel against the status quo, whereas racialized women did not have the same opportunity. Uh, that's pretty much all I have to say about Cindy Lauper. I think she did create quite a feminist anthem for the 1980s but like they say you can't be a feminist if you're not including all women so with on that note 
let's go to Olivia Newton-John's physical. Let me introduce to you this concept called the male gaze. Now, I'm sure you have, you might have heard of it before, maybe in an article, maybe in academia, maybe just by your feminist friend just complaining about how crappy life is for women. <laughs> Anyways, sorry, I just, I realized I was that feminist friend. Anyways, um, yeah, so pretty much um, the male gaze is when a female body is inherently viewed by a heterosexual man as something of sexual desire. Even when a woman is trying to claim their sexuality, she is unable to because the male gaze is unescapable. In Olivia Newton-John's um, music video, she's actually very much sexualized. It was released in 1981 and the scene that I'm thinking about that I really think the male gaze can be applied to is when the camera pans to show a close-up slow-motion view of Newton-John taking a steamy shower after a workout and she seductively removes her sweatband. She is created as a seductive woman, a sexual possession, and I think that moment she becomes, exist, her existence becomes the need to pleasure a man. And I think her body is sexualized in this music video. It's, it's, it's meant to seduce her viewers with a sensual video. It's not her claiming her own sexuality. It actually, when she recorded the song, she realized, she listened to it afterwards and was like, God, that's raunchy. That's literally her words, that it was raunchy and that she wasn't sure about it. So she contacted her white male heterosexual uh, manager, Roger Davis, and she said, I don't think I sh we should release the music video. I don't think we should release this song. This is too much. And you know the manager said? Oh, it's too late. We already, we already did that it's it's catchy we are releasing it so literally not only did her manager roger davies profit off of her body but the larger record company which by the way of course is run by a uh, white male during the shooting process, she actually tried to desexualize the song, desexualize the imagery. And she was asked multiple times by the director of the music video to be naked, to only wear a towel, to wear a bathing suit, and to get close-ups. And she constantly was like, no, I don't want that, I don't want that. So constantly, again and again and again, her agency is just ripped out of her hands. She isn't able to like have power in that and yeah maybe it has a little bit to do that she's kind of new to the music industry but she also is a woman that deserves respect and to be listened to like I don't think that should be a hot take her body was commodified the industry in ignored her voice they stripped her of her voice and racially there was no people of color existent in this video whatsoever 
it wasn't a feminist anthem because it wasn't her able her claiming her sexuality. Olivia Newton-John talks about na- talks about this now how she didn't want it to come out. And okay, wait, this is just like a really fun fact that um one of my professors was telling me about. So Olivia Newton-John's physical video, the way she tries to desexualize it is by using Pilates and you know exercise. The reason why Pilates got famous was because of this instructor who was creating videos and fun fact it was a very very white like I don't know exercise like type of exercise it was unaffordable to have the classes for people who didn't have as much money so it was classist but also you know class also is connected to race and ability and gender and so on and so forth but anyways it was this was mostly something that white people did but the person who started it actually donated a huge amount of her revenue to the black panthers which was like i learned about that and i was like wait what the person who started pilates one of the whitest like exercises out there that was taught by white white women often and learned by white women most often now is donating money to the like the rebellious and like radical black panthers i'm sorry that is sick as hell anyways so um yeah so i think that's all i really have to say about uh olivia newton john's version she didn't have like all of the men she was the only woman in the video unfortunately and all the men in the video were white and any of the men who were perceived as getting hot or attractive due to the change of their body which by the way fat phobia is like a whole other thing that we could talk about but like i don't have time for that sorry we'll talk about that some like in in another show another time (laughs) but anyways um they were all white men that were being perceived as attractive there was no black men involved there was no black women in this video at all. Only 11% of videos had white women and even fewer, like I said earlier, only 5% had black people at all. And this was one of those videos. There was no black people. There was one white woman. Everybody else was a white male. So that's un- unsurprising. But anyways, um, essentially... I don't think either of these songs can fully be called a feminist tune, but honestly, that wasn't really my purpose and, you know, I don't think it's really my my place to say, oh, this is feminist or this isn't feminist, but I do think that by exploring the gender and race, um... By exploring and analyzing gender and race within these music videos, within these songs, I think we're able to use this history to understand how much, how far we have gone, but also how far we have to go. Thank you for listening to Behind the Wall, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.